Hi, I'm the Space Quest Historian, and welcome to the third Space Quest Primer. Here's all you need to know about Space Quest 3, The Pirates of Pestilon, in as short a time as I can be bothered to make it. Brevity is not usually my strong suit, as evidenced by this very intro, which has already gone on long enough, so let's just jump right into the game. Uh, speaking of things that take forever, the uh, escape pod Roger used to escape the self-destructing asteroid fortress of Sludge Vohal at the end of the last game has been floating in deep space for, quote, an indeterminate amount of time. Roger is still in the cryo chamber in suspended animation, but that's all about to change as he's picked up by an automated garbage freighter and dumped in with the rest of the trash. This triggers the revival mode of the cryo chamber and now he has to find his way out. Luckily, he comes across this lovely ship, the Aluminum Mallard. Yes, that's a joke on the Millennium Falcon. He fixes it up and blasts out into deep space in search of his home planet. But unbeknownst to him, he's being followed by this walking copyright infringement, but we'll get to him in a moment. Roger stops off at a tourist trap on the desert planet of Fleepod, where he meets Fester Blatz, an absolutely adorable sales monster who becomes visibly excited at the sight of the glowing gem Roger picked up in the previous game. Very, very visibly excited. Settle down there, Fester. Roger buys a bunch of shit he may or may not need in the future and leaves the store, only to be accosted by the Arnoid. Yes, this dude is called the Arnoid Annihilator. The story is he's been sent by the novelty company that made the Labion Therapy's mating whistle that we used in the previous game, thus giving rise to one of the biggest plot holes in the game series. The order form that we used to procure the whistle with clearly says free Labion Therapy's mating whistle, and this has been confirmed as a plot hole by one of the game's designers, Mark Crow. I mention this little factoid now because this isn't the first time this whistle will come back to bite Roger and any semblance of plot continuity in the ass, but we'll get to that in a couple of episodes. Anyway, Arnold here gives us to the count of 10 to run away because he's just such a nice dude. And run you should, because if he catches you, he'll turn you into a human pretzel. The only way out is to kill him, which you can do in two ways. You can grind him up in these gears, or you can feed him to these weird pod-like creatures. Now this predates Half-Life, people, so stay out of my comments. It's not really clear why we stopped at this planet in the first place, but at least now we can leave again. So who's hungry? Let's stop by Monolith Burger for some grub. Well, that was disgusting. Let's see what this arcade machine is all about. Well, that was likewise terrible. Wait, what's the secret message you get after landing the chicken ten times? Why? It's from the two guys from Andromeda, creators of the Space Quest series. Wait, what? Yeah, it turns out they not only made this game, they're actually in it too. Sierra Online was really into meta stuff and fourth wall breaking back then. Uh, you'll, you'll see, it gets weirder. Uh, anyway, they say they've been captured by an evil software company called Scumsoft, real subtle, and forced to churn out bad arcade games. And if Roger doesn't rescue them, they'll never get to make another Space Quest game and he'll effectively cease to be or something. It's never really explicitly stated what the stakes are. In fact, this whole business with the secret message in the arcade machine is entirely optional, but it's the only thing that even vaguely tries to explain what the plot is. So yeah, well, you'll just have to fill in a few blanks yourselves. So off we go to Ortega, a planet composed entirely of molten lava and active volcanoes. Lovely scenery, great for the kids if they can stand a bit of heat. Anyway, on this planet is a shield generator that keeps the evil software company's headquarters hidden. Their headquarters is on Ortega's moon, Pestulon, hence the title of the game, The Pirates of Pestulon. Only they're not pirating software, they're actually pirating game designers. So Roger disables the shield generator, 
then makes his way to Pestulon, where he uses the Arnoid's invisibility belt to sneak inside. Once there, he disguises himself as a janitor, I know, what a stretch, and manages to find the two guys trapped in giant blocks of Jello. Yeah, I am not entirely clear on what the deal with these Jello blasters are either, but the Pirates of Pestulon shoot Jello at you. That's just what they do. Anyway, you free the two guys, only to be interrupted by the CEO of Scumsoft himself, the 14-year-old acne-ridden little snot Elmo Pug. He challenges you to a duel of Nukem Dukem robots. I'll let you work out what that's a play on yourself. And no, you'd be wrong. It's not Captain Misogyny here. It is, in fact, this children's toy. Space Quest 3 came out in 1989, so it would be another two years before the first Duke Nukem game was released by Apogee. So, there. Anyway, wham, slam, Elmo hits the floor, and you make your escape in the aluminum mallet with the two guys. Elmo sends a couple of his skull fighters after you, which you disperse with, and then you accidentally fall through a black hole and wind up on Earth. Yeah, I, I told you Sierra was all about the fourth wall humor back in the late 80s. Uh, the Mallard lands next to the offices of Sierra Online in Oakhurst, California, where they meet Ken Williams, who was co-founder and CEO of the company, like in the real world, and, and he offers the two guys a job as game designers, but turns Roger down for a position as janitor because... Fuck you. So the game ends with Roger shooting off in the aluminum mallet back through the black hole and on his way back to his home planet. Now, Space Quest 3 is widely regarded as one of the best entries in the series, if not the best. It won the Software Publishers Association Gold Medal Award, which was like the computer game Oscars back in 1989. The two guys had their biggest hit yet with this game, yet all was not well. Having worked relentlessly on three Space Quest games back-to-back -back with virtually no time off meant they were getting pretty burned out. So when they were told to get cracking on a new Space Quest game as soon as possible, the end result was the decidedly darker, more sinister, and some would say equally brilliant Space Quest IV Roger Wilco and the Time Rippers, which is the subject for the next episode. So stick around for that, and until such time, I will see you around the Chrono Stream. Bye.